Hello again, everyone. Thanks for joining us for Moving Up the Ladder here on LJN Radio. I'm your host, Tim Muma, and in our efforts to discuss the meaningful and current issues within business and employment, we're taking a look at the minimum wage debate a bit today, as well as the potential impact that raising the federal minimum wage could have. Now, helping us examine the key points is Sylvia Allegretto. Sylvia is an economist as well as the co-director for the Center on Wage and Employment Dynamics over at the University of California, Berkeley. Sylvia, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me, Tim. Well, to give listeners a quick background on everything we're going to be discussing in a little bit, could you just give them a sense of what the general purpose of having the minimum wage in effect and its existence really, what it's all about, why it came to be? Well, the minimum wage was first established in 1938 by President Roosevelt, and it was born out of the Depression, basically, Hmm. when workers couldn't make any money and and were falling further and further behind and all the devastation created, obviously, by the Great Depression. President Roosevelt signed into being the Fair Labor Standards Act, and that introduced a minimum wage at the time. In 1938, it was 25 cents an hour, and also some other labor protections, such as laws prohibiting child labor, Hmm. and also establishing a maximum work week of 44 hours. A little history lesson for everybody in case you weren't sure where that came from, and I appreciate the couple extra tidbits there as well. Now, if we fast forward to today, what are we looking at as far as the federal minimum wage right now, as well as what factors have increased that over the years? Well, the federal minimum wage today is $7.25 an hour. It was last increased in 2009, so uh, that rate is five years old. It's not indexed to any kind of price increases or inflation. Hmm. There are substantial periods of time where it's not changed at all. For instance, between 1997 and 2007, it was eroding every year. There was no changes in the federal minimum wage uh, between you know over that decade-long period. And importantly, we have at the federal level a subminimum wage that is paid to tipped workers, such as waitstaff right. and bartenders, for instance. And that's been $2.13 an hour since 1991. Wow. That's, uh, that's quite a long time to hold it steady there. You did mention inflation is not play a role with this. How do you think that negatively impacts the idea of being able to afford items or being paid what you possibly should be compared to the rest of the economy? Well, look, most workers, luckily, are not minimum wage workers. Mm -hmm. So as far as a big push on overall inflation, because we increase the wages of our lowest wage workers, that's just not a problem. Now, when we do look at affected industries, such as like the the restaurant industry, the restaurant industry is a heavy user of minimum wage workers. Sure. And we do expect, and we're doing some studies here to show this, we do expect it's reasonable for, for instance, to have a response to a minimum wage increase for um, restaurant owners to be able to increase their prices a bit. But the empirical evidence shows that for, for instance, to put this into some terms that we can understand, for instance, for a 10% increase in the minimum wage, we see prices at restaurants increase by you know, less than 2%. And we think that's a good trade-off that you have the response of businesses being able to respond to a minimum wage increase. But we also show that there are some positive increases and cost-saving increases to increasing the minimum wage, such as decreases in turnover, which is really expensive for industries that are heavy users of minimum wage workers. Turnover, such as, again, back in the restaurant industry that we were just talking about, turnover can be 100%. So that's extremely costly to uh, businesses. So if we can, you know, we show that increasing the minimum wage keeps workers there so they can retain uh, the, the workers that they have and 
have some cost savings on those those expenditures of constantly uh, advertising and training new workers. So would you say that those couple of items you mentioned, those are the biggest and best arguments for raising the minimum wage? Are there other areas that you would tend to focus on to say, hey, this is why it's important or this is why it's valuable to do so? Yeah, look, the minimum wage, uh, there's a couple of good gauges here. One is that usually a typical worker, you know, whatever they make in our economy uh, compared to the minimum wage, we usually think about a 50% ratio between the minimum wage and the median wage. That right now in the U.S. is about 35%, Hmm. so nowhere near the 50%. The other thing I think is really just kind of, you know, looking from 50,000 feet is that we're the largest, richest economy in the world with some of the most productive workers in the world. And today, our low-wage workers are making less than our low-wage workers did 30 or 40 years ago. And even typical worker pay has been stagnant over decades. So over this period of time, as the economic pie has been expanding, and again, as productivity has been going through the roof, the fact that the economic pie expands, but the share going to typical workers and their families is actually getting smaller and smaller is a huge problem. And of course, this we know as ever-increasing inequality. I think looking at it from this lens of being such a wealthy economy, we can certainly do better. And we know one of the biggest problems we have right now is the gains is going to the rich. And we know the rich are getting richer at the expense of everyone else. Is there a magic number for what we'd be looking for at increasing the minimum wage? I mean, you mentioned some numbers there as far as if a 10% increase would, as far as the cost, only be less than 2% as far as the cost for the employer um, raising the costs of uh, the services or the goods. But again, that's only for affected industries. Okay. And like restaurant industries, that's sure. not across the board. So when you look at, you know, industries such as manufacturing that em- employs few minimum wage workers, that's not going to be affected at all. So right. It's very important that we're talking about a small slice of certain industries, such as, for instance, the restaurant industry and some retail industries, certainly. But again, I think a good measure is to look at the median, you know, the, the minimum wage compared to the typical worker wage. Okay. And we're down to 35% or so. And so if we brought that up to 50%, again, that would get us to you know, 10 or $11 an hour today, I don't think we would expect any, you know, very negative effects on the economy. And actually, President Roosevelt had a good quote when he was talking about and the night before he actually signed into the minimum wage in a fireside chat, he said, do not let any calamity howling executive with an income, of course, at that time, which was a lot, with an income of $1,000 a day tell you that a wage of $11 a week is going to have a disastrous effect on all American industry. Mm-hmm. I think those sentiments are very relevant today. So when we're talking about a, a minimum wage, just as the president is, of, a, of $10 or ten ten an hour, we're certainly within the realm of a minimum wage that's not going to have in any way, shape, or form disastrous uh, effects on the American economy. Along those lines, you mentioned what Roosevelt said as far as those individuals who are making plenty. And of course, you think of the business owners and employers in that case. There's one argument toward minimum wage, raising it, that is, that uh, employers would hire fewer workers because that would balance it out, so to speak. Whereas if you, you know, if you had three people at minimum wage, well, now you have to pay them each more. So you're going to drop one of them that in theory, some numbers have suggested you could cost the economy in the hundreds of thousands of jobs. What is your response to that or your take on on what they believe? Yeah, I think you're referring to the Congressional Budget Office report that showed that um, increasing the minimum wage would decrease working poverty, which it will, 
It will also have an effect on inequality. It will help to mitigate some inequality by bringing those at the very bottom up. But the jobs effect, they had reported that it could be in the area of a half a million jobs. Again, I would say, you know, that the research I've done here with my colleagues, uh, Aaron Dubay from uh, UMass and, and Michael Reich from Berkeley here, we've actually shown that those disemployment effects, those effects of laying off workers or not hiring workers, never materialized over the minimum wage increases that we've had in the country since 1990. And that half a million jobs that the, that the CBO reported on, that wasn't original research that they did. They simply took a bunch of research that has been done over the last couple decades and averaged out some of the negative effects that were found in research that we showed was erroneous. Hmm. That number also, importantly, doesn't rule out zero, right? That's a, a pinpointed number that has some error in it, right? So they, it kind of could be bigger than that. It could be smaller than sure. that. And again, doesn't rule out zero. But let me just say, this is a huge debate in economics right now. But even the camp that says that there are these, these negative employment effects, they're very small. So we're arguing about zero to very, very small numbers. And again, I would say that even given those small numbers, the benefits far outweigh the cost of a minimum wage increases at this point at the federal level. And remember, what it means in a dynamic economy is that it might take a, a low-wage worker a little bit longer to find a job, but once they land it, they'll be paid much more. So again, I wouldn't be scared off by the CBO report that was much more positive than negative. Again, <laughs> we'll see a decrease in working poor, we'll see a mitigation of some of the inequality, and the benefits of raising the minimum wage at this point far outweigh the costs. And I appreciate you bringing up a couple of other aspects in there that were mentioned. And as you said, it's not I'm not obviously trying to drum up all the negative, and there are positives from there as well. I also know there's a faction of individuals who simply say, look, if you're working at McDonald's, I don't think you should be making $11. I only make $15 to do you know, X job that's way tougher. How do you look into that? I don't see that as an economy thing. That's more of a, a social aspect. I mean, do you guys discuss that portion of it or research any of that? Well, I did write a paper in reaction to the fast food workers that wanted higher wages. And uh, this paper showed, which is, has gotten a lot of attention, this paper in particular and other work that has been done on this subject, showing that as corporate profits are the highest ever on record, as wages are the lowest, about a 60-year low of national income, and corporate taxes are at an all-time low mm. as far as our tax base, you know, the corporations are getting away with a lot here. So you're paying low wages at a place like a McDonald's and you know 7.25, and those workers are disproportionately on subsidies to make ends meet, such as food stamps. So we end up paying through our taxes, you know, making up for this lack of wages to be able to have um, families make ends meet. So there's a lot of layers here, but it certainly is not the case that 7.25 an hour is enough for anyone. And it is the case, especially for U.S. corporations, can afford a lot more. And, and let me give you a couple of examples here that they've spoken out for themselves, such as IKEA. IKEA has said that they're not going to pay any other workers starting January of 2015 less than $9 an hour. And they said they're not going to raise the price of their goods. So it's clear that a lot of these corporations can easily pay much more. And by the way, that only takes the average pay. When, once they do this, it's been widely reported. 
that the average pay at IKEA will be less than $11 an hour. So these are not huge in improvements in pay, but it does help. It certainly helps us. You know, the Gap did the same thing. Mm-hmm. They said that they're they're not going to pay any of their workers less than $9 an hour. And, you know, their spokesperson said it's good for business, helps to attract and retain the best talent in retail, and gives them a competitive advantage. And like I said, we've actually done work that has shown that increases in the minimum wage and higher pay reduces turnover. And they're starting to understand this. The businesses are starting to understand this. And as far as small businesses, you know, we, there are... Um, you know, you can look this up on the web. There are polls done, and the majority of small businesses also support an increase in the minimum wage because they know that on their own, it's hard for them to increase pay because it's hard for them to be competitive because they, you know, they don't have other places they can, you know, cut costs and stuff like a large corporation has. Sure. You know, they they benefit from economies of scale, so they know that if they if everybody gets, you know, all the low wage workers get an increase in pay, that they're small pizza shop or coffee shop is going to do much better because a lot of customers around them are going to be getting a wage. And that makes it easy then for small businesses to increase the pay of the few workers that they have. And that whole setup there, the way you described that, that's the fascinating part with all of this, just the impact it can have from one place to the other and and how it is very cyclical. So I uh, I do like the way you kind of broke that down a little bit and gave us some more insight. We are getting low on time, but I wanted to give you the floor at the end. If you were speaking to a group of decision makers right now about this subject, throw us your best pitch as to why the minimum wage should see an increase. Well, again, the minimum wage compared to what most workers in the U.S. economy are making has fallen further and further behind. And we know that low-wage workers today are making much less than their low-wage counterparts were 40 years ago, even as we become so much more productive and so much richer as an economy. And I think that Given the riches, the vast wealth in this economy, we can afford to do much better by our lowest paid workers. That is Sylvia Allegretto. She's an economist and co-director for the Center on Wage and Employment Dynamics at the University of California, Berkeley. Sylvia, thanks for coming on the show and sharing some of your insight today. Well, you're welcome, Tim. And if you'd like to get in touch with us, give us some feedback on this show or maybe a future topic, you can contact us by sending an email to ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com. You can also find us on Twitter at the LJN. For everyone here at LJN Radio, I'm your host, Tim Muma. We'll talk to you later. <laughs>